In this episode, I talk leadership with my friend and founder of the business of fatherhood, Ben Killoy. Ben and I talk about how he went on this journey of learning about and mastering the process of acknowledging men for what they value most, not for what they've been told to do. Ben gets real about how after leaving the Marines, his pursuit of the American dream quickly turned into his own American hell. And then Ben gives the concrete steps you can take so that you can avoid the same fate and how you can escape the rut of chasing other people's default plan for your life so that you can get unstuck as you pursue your vision and your purpose for your job, your relationships, and your family. It's time for you to connect and live an abundant life. This episode with Ben Killoy starts now. You are listening to the Dads Making a Difference podcast, the number one podcast for men driven to live a life of significance. Men who want to make a difference in the lives of their families, in their business, and in the world around them. My name is Cam Hall, founder of Fight the Dabot and leader of the Dads Making a Difference Mastermind. Thank you so much for spending time with me today. Now, let's dive in. Hello, my friends. Welcome to another episode of the Dads Making a Difference podcast, the number one podcast dedicated to helping fathers develop the leadership skills necessary to truly become a dad making a difference in their family, in their business, and in the community around them. My name is Cam Hall. I am your host, and I am so excited for our conversation today with Ben Killoy. But before we get there, if you are new, welcome. We're glad that you're here. Hit that subscribe button. And if this conversation today brings you value in any way and it speaks to you or you know someone who could benefit from hearing it, please share it with someone you know. Hit that share button, send them the link, or post it on your social media. But without further ado, I want to introduce our guest today, Ben Killoy of the Business of Fatherhood. Ben is a Marine veteran a speaker, a coach, author of the book, The Five Steps for Achieving an Authentic Life, and host of the Business of Fatherhood podcast. Ben focuses on helping dads rebuild their confidence on the other side of generational trauma. In his transition out of the Marines, Ben dove into chasing, he calls the American dream. Now I'm Canadian, but I can totally get this. The American dream, the college, the job, the family, the white picket fence, the whole deal. But in 2014, he made the decision to drop out of the College of Engineering, leaving him with the question, what's next? From that point, Ben reconnected with his love of leadership and his desire to become a better husband and father. I mentioned he's the host of the Business of Fatherhood podcast, which he started in 2021. But he's also the host of the Military Veteran Dad podcast, which he started in 2019. Ben is now able to stay at home, and he's a stay-at-home dad and coach, spending quality time with his family while still working hard and serving others. Ben is truly a dad making a difference, and I just told him he's on here with us how nervous I am because this is my first interview. This is the first interview on the DMD podcast, and I couldn't be more honored to have Ben with us today. Welcome to the show, Ben. Good to see I you. I am man. really excited to be here as well. And dad's making a difference is something that it seems natural. Like that seems like a thought that should already have momentum, but in many ways it's just in its infancy of 
and it actually starts with a, like adding the word dads making a difference. Cause for the most part, we just hear men making a difference. And usually mm-hmm. that is just in the, the amount of money they push around, the amount of status they push around. But here we want to acknowledge and add this word dads making a difference because most men today in our culture don't get to be acknowledged for what they value most. They have to be told that these other things are the most important. And those are all the things that I got lost in the American dream and ended up being my American hell. Yeah. So why don't you tell us a little bit more about that? Because I followed your stuff for a while. And if you, if you haven't followed Ben, you need to, you got to go check out the business of fatherhood podcast for sure. It's a nice daily intake of like quick hits and he, he goes straight to it. But Ben, why don't you tell us a little bit about your story, how you got here and kind of that transition period you went through um, one, because, you know, when you became a father, but also when you left the Marines and what brought you to today? So part of my story is growing up on a farm here in Southern Wisconsin. I didn't get outside. I mean, I got outside a lot, but I didn't get to see the world a lot. I was very, not necessarily sheltered, but I wasn't exposed to a lot of things. I didn't know a lot of movie culture. I didn't let it know a lot of music culture. Even to this day, someone will say something and they're like, really, Ben, you don't know that? I'm like, how many times do I tell you I lived under a rock? And that kind of just prevented me from seeing how wide the world really is. And I use that word specifically because Part of the American dream and the Canadian dream is that there's, this is like the default version. There's like three or four lanes and you have to find your lane. You get in that lane and unicorns and rainbows show up at the other end. Part of the reality though is it's a million lanes wide. And that part is what I didn't have. So when I left the Marine Corps in 2007, they give you a default plan, get a suit, start applying for a job, get that job. No chance to look inside of who you are. No chance to like take a six month break to just really get back to living so that you can find a new routine that's not just someone else's eight to five job. And I didn't do any of that. I just went, I was unemployed for two weeks. Like I was part of like the non-statistic. I felt lucky. But at the same time, I wasn't really lucky because I just traded one hell for another. And in that process, I just lost myself. I was running on what everybody else had told me I needed to do. Not really thinking like, what do I want? What, where do I want to go? And so that ran for 10 years. And in 2014, I was a dad at that point. I had a two-year-old daughter. And there's a specific moment when I turned 30 at the same time frame that it was like a midlife crisis for me. Because there was one thought that when I looked in my daughter's eyes, this thought of how the hell can I take you into your life if I can't even do it for myself? Like this inner feeling of like just walking around like dead weight. And it's like, there's nothing about that that I want to pass on to my kids. And it was also pers- like incentivized or like magnified because I watched Jay Leno lead the Tonight Show and all these people showed up to thank him. And I was like, I don't think a single person is going to give a shit that I was here. Yeah. And I was like, well, that's a really dark thought. And to give you kind of an analogy, it's almost like an independence day when that alien attack ship settles over a city. Yeah. That's how dark it feels. You're like, what hope does one man <laughs> have to move this Italian attack ship? that seems like the next 45 years of impact that you're trying to figure out, like, what do you actually do in your life to actually have people show up to care? And it really came down to like, where was I at in life? And I was like, I don't know where I am. And so there was a a question that kind of helped me through this. And it was like, what result have you never had in your life? And then what have you never done to get that? And for me, the answer was fairly simple. When I asked and I was like, you know, I don't have a single friend. Like I have a few, but we're not that good and we're good, but we don't like, it's nothing like we hang out every week. And I was like, I'm just alone. Like, that's not good. It's a feeling I've had for 15 years. And I was like, well, then why is that? And I was like, well, in high school, you asked someone out and they said no. 
So subconsciously, it sucked. So you just said, let's just apply that to everybody. Let's avoid that. And so here I am, 30 years old, realizing like, oh, I just need to talk to people. Like, what a crazy idea. And because I don't talk to people because of this 10, 12-year-old story. Well, let's throw that out the window. And for me, my story really got wind and momentum when I had the courage to start talking to a dad at the park. Because I was going to the park. They were there. There were dads in the wild. I was like, oh, they, I would be really good to talk to that guy. And I was like, you know what? I think he just wants to have fun with his kids. He doesn't want to talk to me. He's had a long day just like I did. Yeah. And then one day I said, screw it. And we talked. And I find out we were both just playing chicken. And repeated that process over time is how I understood how I could make a difference. That's amazing, man. Great story. And I have to say, you know, right off the bat, I appreciate your pop culture references. And because we're around the same age, you know, when you're speaking about Independence Day and you're talking about Jay Leno, I'm like, you know what, Ben and I are pretty close. We have more than common than I thought. Your daughter was two years old in 2014. My daughter was two years old in 2014. And, and I think I'm one year older than you. So I appreciate those references. Um, but I think it also speaks to a stage of life where I, I like what you said, like what result have you had in your life? And we'll go through different stages in our lives, whether when we first become fathers, husbands, um, maybe they, we go through that uh, proverbial midlife crisis where we start to question what we're doing. And there was a point in your journey where you, you decided that the path that you were on wasn't for you. And whether it was the conversation at the park, whether it was just coming out of your shell a little bit, would you share with us a little bit about uh, when your vision for what you wanted in your life and your family's life shifted from the traditional um, job, work nine to five, come home, see the kids till eight o'clock and then go to bed type thing to making more of a difference and an impact in the people who were around you, like reaching out at the park. You probably made an impact in that, that father's life just like he did in yours. So would you share a little bit about your vision for that with us? So initially, like after 2014, the first like hook that I got hooked on was leadership. I was like, I was reading a bunch of books. I was reading a bunch of podcasts or listening to a bunch of podcasts, but I wasn't doing anything with it. I was consuming it, but not taking action. So then it actually created kind of like a paralysis analysis. Cause like, well, I know lots of ideas now, but how the hell do you pick one? Um, and I was also in a mode where at work, I was like, I wasn't engaged and I had the same feeling kind of like in college. Like I was, I had a job that everybody would love. I pretty much was my own boss. I had freedom. I had good money. Like I had good vacation. Like anybody would likely trade spots with what I had at work. And so I was also trying to find a different job and I was unsuccessful in that. Every time I would write a resume, every time I would apply, I would just never get an email back and repeating that over and over. And I'm like, I'm tired of feeling like I don't plug into the world right. Like that I'm an American plug in a European world or a European mm -hmm. plug in an American world. Or right. I think you guys use American plugs, don't you? <laughs> yeah, we do. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it doesn't work for Canadian world. But that, that feeling that you're just in the wrong place. And so in like 2016, 2017, a few people came in my life that opened up this entrepreneur world. Okay. That there is this path to financial freedom, time freedom, money freedom. That's not this thing that you have to go out and collect. Because well, there's a language to like that I use for paychecks. It's like when men go out in the world to get a paycheck or to go into a career like that, they're going in the world to be weighted to be issued money. Like you go out to create these contracts and then you get issued money twice a week or twice a month. And that's your worth. There's a literal number assigned to your worth. And that in itself can also create a lot of insecurities that most men won't talk about. Mm -hmm. And when you hear someone talk about like, 
doing something different than that. Like you don't have to wait for your money to come. You don't have to wait to make $30 an hour. You literally can make choices today to have that come true. So when I started hearing that, so in 2017, I started figuring out, I was like, maybe this is my other path. Let's, if I can't find a path that's already there, like one of those lanes, let's make a lane. And so when I started doing that, I was operating on some of the breadcrumbs from the conversations I already had. So like one common breadcrumb that when I was having these conversations, people would say like, Ben, the way you put words together is not like other people. Like, okay, that's interesting. No one's ever said that to me. And then that kept kind of getting repeated. And so I was like, okay, let's figure this out. And so one of my first things I started was just a blog and just blogging a bunch of different things, blogging about some feelings that I was feeling on the inside of broken unworthiness and being worth it. And just kind of articulating my feelings to emotions. And those started moving people. Like then the feedback was like, you gave me words to feelings I didn't know I needed to have. I was like, okay, that's another breadcrumb. We'll hold on to that. And so I just kept repeating that. And essentially what I was doing in this process was exercising my thoughts. And by exercising them, I got visibility on them and they got stronger and then I could lift more with them. And so those early moments of just operating with what feedback you have from the universe of what you're good at and trying to put some reps into that got me to where I am, where I started my podcast. Almost as a, a disc, like the military veteran dad was started, like on that day I launched, I had a belief in my head still Guys like you don't launch podcasts. Yeah. And I launched that podcast to prove that voice wrong. Good for you. And so that was an exercise still going today over three years later and to prove myself wrong that I did have something valuable to say that my voice did have something that it could do for others. And in those moments, it was then you get once you once you start stretching these ideas, you learn what they could do, where they could go, what who needs them and what you're also saying, like. You can't also understand everything you can say until you practice saying it. And so the podcast provided that platform. I started a solo show just so I could exercise different ideas because yeah. I realized I was like, I've got more to say than I've ever time to say it. So I should start a second episode on the military veteran dad. And then I realized in this whole process that I was like, every dad kind of struggles with these same things that military dad struggle with. We just call it different things. Hmm. So that's when I started the daily business father podcast, which now focuses on all dads and helping them through the same language problems and same problems of, cause like military veteran dad was born out of this idea. We come home as dads physically we're in the room, but are we mm. like, and especially with war, like that's usually what keeps us military dads from engaging. But from regular men, it's work, it's ego. It's maybe they never had a relationship to actually be a good dad. And it scares the hell out of them to actually be that person. So like, it's the same things just dressed up differently. And so exercising that over time and understanding what it could do allowed me to step into this passion. Amazing. When you were starting to, you know, find that passion for leadership, you said, you know, it was around 2014, you sort of dive in, you made some connections from friendships, maybe had a couple mentors. Can you speak to the importance of having people around you? who will push you and make you feel a little bit uncomfortable and maybe how that helped you step into viewing fatherhood as leadership. I know you do a public speaking engagement where you talk about fatherhood as leadership. So yeah, tell us a little bit about that. I'm glad you asked that question because it's, it's an easy first step that most dads overlook. So the, the core thing that like most dads don't have, just like I didn't, 
was friends. Like it's universal. Most dads will, if you ask them in survey, maybe two, maybe three is like the most they'll have. Yeah. You only really need three, but most dads don't even really value what they have. And the reason why those friendships are so important and even the process of recruiting more friends and creating more friendships, especially if you're coming from a place where you can't see your worth. Like if you have your own insecurities, if you have your own dad baggage that you haven't worked through and you yourself don't feel valuable, there's a component that comes from other people. And this is what happened for me. They become the mirror for what you can't see. I couldn't see any of those things in my own life, but they could. And so they reflected back those little things that allowed then me to step into it. And we don't have those things in our life enough because there's also the other side of that reflection. They're going to reflect back when you're out of balance with who you could become. They're going to tell you like, you're not living in where you need to be. Like there's another mindset that I've learned from a mentor of mine is like, you have a great skill set. You're just not using in the right way. That type of feedback you can't get inside your head because your brain's wired to keep the room temperature the same. It's not going to go out of its way to do crazy things or think crazy. You need people to introduce that and think about that. And to me, that core component of just having people reflect back, because here's the truth. For millennia, men were doing life in tribes. We had people ahead of us. We had people behind us. And no one ever expected us to have all the answers. But that's exactly how we try to design society today. That this one man has a wealth of information. He knows all the different things about raising kids from zero to 18. And he should be able to figure it out on his own. Those consequences are devastating. We see the consequences of fatherhoods being, fathers being absent everywhere. That like, it's not universal. You need people ahead of you that have already walked those roads. You need people behind you. And even when I lost my job in 2020, right before Corona happened, the first instinct I had was, I need to get on the phone. I need to talk to people who have jobs. I need to talk to people who don't have jobs. I need to talk to people who've been where I am. And instantly by getting on my head, I was able to see a path forward. I, was even, I even started a journal every day. I would write down all the different things that I would learn. People had told me that information because I knew that I needed to get outside myself. Other people needed to reflect back an angle on this problem that I wasn't seeing because they had solutions that I didn't. And I always operate that almost every problem has been solved in the world. You just need to know the guy that solved it. And then once you do, call him up. He tells you, do this for three things and problem solved. But most men will go through a year suffering in silence without ever learning to ask for help. Yeah, it's, it's so true, right? It, it, part of what you were getting there is reflection. You said, you said reflection or the journal that you had or think, you know, thinking about what you were struggling with and then reaching out to somebody who knows. There's power in reflection. There's power of sitting down and saying, where have I been and where am I going? Uh, you, when you speak about leadership, I can hear this underlying tone that there's a power in leadership of not knowing. And that it's not always having the answers that makes you a strong leader, but it's that vulnerability to say that I don't have the answers. I'm going to seek those out. So if, if you look at your journey, Ben, and where you've been, and what forced you to reach out, to make that first connection on the park, to seek out mentors, and now to transition into where you are now a mentor for men. You do public speaking, you have your podcast, you're coaching men. Through that transition, and in your reflection, what were some of the things that you had to either give up, cut off, and had to sacrifice for you to actually see the path that you were meant, meant to follow? There's a couple of things that I've always kept in the back of my head as I was figuring this out. 
that one, no matter what I do, no matter what I figure out, whatever difference I'm going to make, my kids aren't going to really care. They're going to just want my time. They're going to want my attention. They're going to want to play. They're going to want to do something. And I'm not going to create something that's going to leave my family behind. And that's usually where we kind of get lost as men. Like we're just going to go all in and we're just going to ignore everything and tune the world out and go in. I probably could have gone faster. I could have made more faster momentum, but I knew that I'm not going to end up 10 years from now divorced. I'm not going to end up with kids that don't know me or resent me. So prioritizing also was important in that process. And also realizing like whenever I had like multiple decisions to make, I always erred on dad. Like being dad was always the most important decision I could make. To filter. To filter. And also there's kind of this um, illusion that sitting at my desk is where I'm going to have the best ideas. I've had more of the best ideas on a bike ride by leaving my desk and saying yes to being a dad than I have sitting at this desk. And it's about being in that flow state. Like work is okay, but you've got to go to those places that light you up. So for me, that learning to cut it out was really just more focusing on what really is going to get me excited and which ones that are going to leave the most important difference. And there's a a quote that I use that what we do on this earth is important, but what we leave behind is 10 times more important. And when we try to answer yeah. this question of what difference we can make, how do we rewire our life, we can lose sight of, you know, what you're going to do is important. It matters. But what you create and what you leave behind after you go back to dirt, that's what's going to matter. And so always keeping that perspective in mind and keeping in mind that, for example, the commitment to your wife is the longest commitment you'll ever have in your life. Literally. The longest, yes, I will be here forever. So no matter what you else commit to, everything else will fade away at some point, except that. Yeah. And yeah. so when I, when, to answer your question, like it's not so much about having the perfect answer what to cut out. It's really just keeping the bright lights on what really matters and letting everything else happen as it needs to. And just accepting like, this is what fatherhood looks like today. I mean, I've been in a Zoom interview just like this. And one of my favorite kind of like podcast stories is my five-year-old daughter puking in the toilet saying, dad, can you hold my hair? And I was like, yeah. hang on one second. I got to go be a dad. And I was just like, this was what fatherhood looks like today. This is what it is. Yeah. This is, it's not always pretty and Instagram ready, but like that was what she needed for me that day. And yeah. showing up in those moments to give your kids what they need that day. That's always been kind of my default place to stand. I love it. I love it. You mentioned you get creative when you're doing the things that light you up. So I'm going to ask you. You know, what lights you up? What gets you moving? What gets you into kind of that creative zone of genius that you have? Um, What do you enjoy doing with the family? Anytime, and this wasn't always the case, but it's definitely been since Corona of when I'm outside engaging in adventure. Now, adventure can kind of sound like a big word, but if you attach the word adventure to even the simplest word activities, the kids will get excited. doesn't matter. I mean, we've done what my favorite one is called the scooter adventure which is just taking the scooters to a paved path and going for a mile on it. And they love that. They're like, oh yeah, we're going on a scooter adventure. But the one part of that component that lights me up is when I'm surrounded by life. So like the trees, outdoors. And here's the key kind of like thing that I'm looking for or feeling in those moments is the abundance of it. Mm. And here's why that I see is that so important because most men feel scarce within their time, their money, their mindset everything they want in life, but they don't get to have. But when you go into nature, you can truly sit and just feel and be present with like, this place really is pretty abundant. 
And it's only how I feel about it that makes it scarce. And so to me, when I'm in that mode of abundance and just kind of seeing the kids be kids in those abundance, that's where I feel like my mind opens up. It's kind of like the heavens and clouds parts of my mind. And I can see something that I couldn't see before because sitting at this desk, maybe I'm like, oh man, I just wish that email would come in. That would be a thousand dollars to pay the bills. That's not the email that's going to change my life. Right. That perspective, even now with the kids in school, like one thing that I'll do as it gets warmer now, I'll go to the dog park with the dog. It's just me and him, nothing magical, but just being in that space, being outdoors, feeling the sun on my skin, hearing the birds. To me, those moments ground me back down to just to realize like I am just one person, but man, life is abundant and opportunity is abundant, which tying it back to friends, here's why, here's a couple of things that most people overlook with friends. Hello is the most powerful word in the human language. Most people have no idea how to wield it. But literally, on the other side of a hello could be a conversation that changes your life. Literally. One hello on an airplane, grocery store, it doesn't matter. It could be the one hello you need, and everything changes. But if you don't practice it, you won't know. And for me, going back to 2017, the one thing that I did not have, I felt like there was no opportunity for me. I was a one-job kind of guy. This was where I was meant to die. This is My soul was just meant to be here and be stuck. I had no opportunity. What I know now, what I wasn't doing was the amount of opportunity you have in life is directly proportional to the amount of people that you're talking to. And if you want more opportunity, you need to talk to more people. Talk to more people, you see the world wider. And every conversation, it gets wider and wider and wider. You probably run into this too, where you're like, you do what? And you make how much? And you get to do that for a living? Those moments... Yeah. Expand your widen the width of how you see life. Yeah. Every one of those mentally creates opportunity. So when I'm doing that, or having a conversation with another guy, or just talking to someone, those moments I also feel alive because that's really where serendipity in life can really show up the most. Such a great mindset to have, and I love that you you touched on the importance of the adventure, getting out with the family, getting out into nature, and even times when you're by yourself. Um, finding areas where you can refresh. You know, so many of us, I, I encourage guys all the time to get into nature and guys who will follow, they see pictures and they say, oh, where are you? It looks beautiful there. You're in the mountains, you're at the lake, you're in the forest. And they're like, yeah, well, that forest is five minutes from my house. We're walking our dog and you don't see all the, the buildings behind the trees, but we, we try to get ourselves into nature because nature heals. And there's something about getting into nature by yourself where I would strongly encourage guys just like you are right now to take time to find what lights them up, but to get outside, get out of, out of the office, get away from the desk, whether it's in the middle of your lunch to go for a walk and get some fresh air. Uh, and then who knows along that walk, you might have an opportunity for that. Hello. Right. Um, I love that you keep coming back to that, to the power of conversation, the power of connecting, um, one of the, the themes that I have in, in my life is that no growth happens in isolation. And so in your, in your line of work, in what you're doing right now, when you're coaching guys, if there is one action item that someone listening right now, there's a dad there, he's listening to this podcast, he's feeling a bit stuck, maybe he's in a job that, he, it's, a, it's a good job, like it pays them well, it's comfortable, but it doesn't fulfill his purpose. What's one thing that you would encourage someone to do right now, one step that they could take to move in the right direction? 
I have two steps and they're very Excellent. intentional. So I want to pull back a little bit and I want to give this man an analogy that the only difference between a rut and a grave is the depth. Yes. Love it. So well, if you I'm writing feel, that down. <laughs> if, if you want, if you feel that man that's stuck in the job, if this is you I'm talking to, understand your rut has a depth to it already. The lower that rut, the less field of vision you can see. Like you can't see the horizon to actually see where you could go. And this is part of the crux of what keeps men stuck is if they're in the rut, you can only see maybe 12 inches above the surface, depending on how long you've been walking in that circle. So what I often challenge men to do, so this is the first step, is I want you to pretend that tomorrow I gave you a million dollars. You no longer have to worry about work. And the reason why it's a million dollars, and if you feel like you're a, an excuse, expand it to 10 million, because there's some men that are like, you know what, one million is not enough. For <laughs> Does my it go dreams. as far as it used to? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I need 10 million. Whatever number you need to do to build your vision. And thinking of in this rut analogy, the reason why I wanted you to think of it, that million dollars is the scaffolding to get you above the surface. Because I can tell you when I'm coaching dads, it's like a magic trick. I'm trying to get to them. I'm like, what would you really do? What juices you up? And they're like, oh, I don't know. Give that man the million dollars like a light switch. Like I've had ones where, you know what I would do? I would open up a surf shop in Tampa and teach people to ride the waves because man, do I feel free on those waves? And I want people to have that feeling too. And I'm like, where was that 10 minutes ago? Yeah. Until I gave them a million dollars, they couldn't access that feeling. So it's literally the scaffolding. Once you have the, the vision, what would you do and start doing with your time? Keep asking yourself, then what? Because most men could maybe come up with three months and they're like, you know what? We're going to do all these different things. Blah, 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 fill in the blank. Then what? Keep saying then what? Because you're just going to keep coming up with easy ones until you get to the then what that's like, oh, that's what I would do for the rest of my life. And you've removed all the obstacles and rules that you've been told to live life by. That's why I use that exercise so specifically. The second thing is, once you have that vision, whatever it is, you would start doing with your time every day for free. Just Google and find ways that you can connect with people who are already living that life. You don't have to wake up one day and be in that life. But I can tell you one thing. If you were to understand where you're meant to be, and no matter, it doesn't matter how many miles are in between where you want to be and where you are. If you start pointing your int intention of hellos, where you spend your time, what you spend reading about, I mean, even take whatever your, whatever your vision is, type into Amazon. How many books have been written, whatever you're trying to learn? Start feeding your mind with things in this category and repeating the hello, and those people will give you the pathways to get to it, and you'll find that it's a lot shorter, a lot cheaper, and the one thing that you were truly missing was the vision to do it, the belief that you could actually do it, and three, here's the kicker, you've already had everything you need to go do it. That literally, you think, and this is something I was plagued by, I kept thinking it was one more book, one more podcast, one more fill in the blank, it wasn't that. All I needed was to believe in myself that, yes, I've had everything inside me already. I just needed to believe it and then execute it. And then the universe almost takes care of the rest. Like that component is fundamental. The easiest step might seem like a little bit of work in the beginning. But the reason why I just don't tell you to go out and say more hellos, because if you make intentional hellos, your likelihood of changing your life increases exponentially. Because the more people you talk to who live your life, 
will be like, oh, yeah, you need to know this guy. He'll hook you up. You didn't know that until you said hello. And then you keep repeating that. And then you'll get hooked up with a guy that's like, yeah, I'm looking for an employee to figure this out with me. Sign up. Yeah. Change your life. Yeah. Awesome. So as you personally start moving forward, you know, through the remainder of this year and, and as you're continuing to build your coaching business and your family's growing, what are some of the things that you're diving into right now that excite you, that motivate you, that maybe you're struggling with, but growing through? Two thoughts have kind of haunted me this year. And it's an irony when you think about like people look on the outside, like, oh man, this man has done a lot of different things. But something that I've often been thinking in my head is like, you know what? I often don't go big enough. Mm. It's like, what would be big enough to actually make me go to the bathroom and puke if I actually did that? And so I've been challenging myself. Like when I come up with an idea, I'm like, that's not big enough. And so something I've been really thinking about is what is really big enough look like? What is really big enough kind of get to the point of like scare and fear? Like, you know what? If someone paid me $10,000 to coach them, that would scare the hell out of me because that's a whole bunch of growth. And to get paid $10,000 is like a mind changing mindset from when you're getting issued money. And yeah. it's like, that scares me to say and be on a Zoom call with someone like the fee is $10,000. And it's like that, that kind of bigger is what I've been thinking about. The second thing is, who can I do it with? I haven't done that well enough. And I often think in isolation, I have lots of people, I have lots of friends, even in entrepreneur world that have nothing to do with my world. But I haven't been asking for help and figuring out who can I partner with? How can I bring more people in? How can I actually create? Now what I'm learning the term is called a generous goal. Like it's not about selfish goals. It's a generous goal. And those are usually done as like a collaboration and thinking of like, you know what? I don't want to do this idea by myself. What people do I already know that would like plug into this and make it really good and also bigger. And that's something we could get going with faster and trying to challenge myself on where to go with that. Love it. Awesome. I love it because if there's one thing that I've learned just following you and listening to your content is that you're a giver and a, a giver has the same type of reaction that you're having. Now you're kind of looking like, hmm, yeah, you know, I appreciate it, but it makes me feel a little bit awkward. But like, if you're listening to this right now, Ben is a giver and dads who make a difference in the lives of other people are often givers and they come from that servant mentality. And so being able to reach out, connect, offer, um, whatever, maybe you have a certain skill or knowledge base that you want to be able to speak into somebody's life. It's very easy to find your passion when you're giving. And so when you're saying, you know, there's lots of people out there, don't reach out, look for a collaboration. I think men overthink the reaching out connection piece. Um, and they don't understand that these guys that they look up to, that they might want to connect with, that they follow their information. Most of these guys are huge givers and they would love to connect with you. So, you know, like Ben was saying, I would encourage you if you're listening to this right now, no one's big, too big. Just reach out, say hello. And uh, I encourage you to connect with them and, and look for help too. So thank you, Ben, for doing that. And one of the things that you always share or often share is a book. And I'd love to know, I, I'm a reader. I'm an avid reader. I think there's a lot of importance in reading, not to overwhelm yourself with information, but to get different perspective. And so Ben, what are you reading right now? I am hooked on an author, Andy Andrews. And this author has been around for 20 years and I've had it recommended a few times, but I wasn't like, oh man, I really need to listen to that. I just added it to the list of 
thousands of books that I've been adding to my list over the years. And then I read it, one particular book, The Traveler's Gift, maybe four months ago. And this book spoke so much life into me. And I wish I would have read it right when I lost my job because the man struggles in a very similar moment. But this man essentially goes through time and meets seven different people in time. And each one gives him a gift of perspective that changes his life. And this perspective is baked into these micro moments that most people glaze over through history. But man, were those moments exactly what I need to hear. I'm getting goosebumps as I even describe this. And I've read so many more of his books. And perspective is like the big one. He, what allowed him to do all this is he read like 200 autobiographies. And so he has this collective perspective in his head from all these different people. And he tells these really cool stories about how those moments have changed people's lives. And even just like dad's making a difference. You can be like, every idea has already been done. It's, I can't be unique. Well, Andy offered this little gem and be like, you know what? We put a man on the moon before we put wheels on a suitcase. Like, just <laughs> yeah, think of that perspective. Yeah. So there's always ideas. It's just your illusion that the ideas are good ones are gone. Just like someone thinking like, oh, we've been to the moon. What else could I do right now? Okay, right. put wheels on a suitcase and change people's lives at the airport. Like, there's still so many little things like that that can help you get into it. So I would recommend Andy Andrews. I would start with the traveler's gift. And then just keep going from there that the man, I'm reading them all now. I'm pretty much binging them through the rest of the year. And very rarely do I binge an entire author. Yeah. This man is speaking words into my life of just connecting and perspective to see feelings that I'm struggling with and kind of just relaxing them in a way. It's like, yeah, it's not that big of a deal. Yeah. Very cool. Thanks for sharing, man. I appreciate you. Thank you for, you know, taking time out of your busy schedule to spend time with us today on the podcast. Ben, where can people find you? The best place to find me is bencloy.com. There is also that exercise. I talked about the million dollars. There is a free design your legacy call button in the top right, where I essentially walk man through that and help guide them through that, help create that scaffolding and also help them understand how many lanes really wide there is. And depending on how much crap's been in that man's life, there's almost this, what I call the beer goggles effect, that even when if he had the scaffolding, his beer goggles still to prevent him from seeing clearly of how his life happened, the stories, who showed up in his life, the things he believes. So those calls can still be really impactful because I can help you take off those beer goggles and see where you want to go. But bencloy.com is the best place to get a hold of me. Social media is Ben underscore Chloe and Instagram. I'm on everywhere, but Instagram is my most active place. Thank you, Ben. Appreciate you. Wish you all the best throughout the remaining of 2022 and health and prosperity for your family. Thank you, Cam. And thank you for this opportunity to connect. And I just want to honor you, like this being your first interview, you crushed it. You did an amazing <laughs> job. You asked Appreciate the right it. questions. You held the, your ground on those. So I commend you and also reflect back. There is a gift within you to do this on a much bigger level. So keep following that thread as well. I appreciate it. Thanks, Ben. And thank you for listening, everyone. And we will see you on the next episode of the Dads Making a Difference podcast. Thank you for joining me today on this episode of the Dads Making a Difference podcast. I hope you found value in today's show. And if it made a positive impact on you, please share it with someone you know, leave a five-star review and subscribe so you don't miss out on upcoming episodes. I'm Cam Hall. Thank you for spending time with me today. And I will see you on the next episode of the DMD podcast.